Good morning. Welcome to Bethel Christian Fellowship. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness to us. We pray that you would bless this day. Bless this Mother's Day, each of the mothers, grandmothers, those who have given birth physically and those who are part of our spiritual family, um, mothering as well. Lord, we just pray for this day and this moment that you would be present with us. Amen. Fathers, you know that we're created in the image of God, male and female. And so we need some of the female image of God to get the whole picture. And so today we get some of the female image of God. And Marnie is here not because she has an MDiv or because she's ordained, but because she's a mother. And she is going to lead us along with some other women. And I'm so looking forward to hearing everything that our lineup of mothers in a church are, are going to share with us. Marnie, bless you. Good morning, church. I am really blessed to not be speaking this morning, <laughs> but to introduce to you the ladies who have agreed to share. And I, um, they're going to come up in order. Emily, Cox, Sylvia, Agbo, Naomi Ryman, Christine Bloomkey, Tiffany Good, and Felicia Roberts. That's a heck of a lineup, <laughs> really. And I, I'm touched that each of them agreed to. I am excited for what they are going to be saying. And I just want to share one thing that the Lord gave me this morning. When I thought about, uh, I think it was James that said something earlier about, this is a complicated day for some people. It's not always celebrating a good mothering experience. There's a lot of emotions around this day for a lot of people. And as a church, I pray we will continue to grow in our experience and our understanding with one another as his body. Um, but he gave me Psalm 107, verse 43, which says in the New Living Translation, See in our history the faithful love of the Lord. And I think that's what we're going to experience this morning through each one of these ladies that's going to be sharing, is we are going to see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. So with that, Emily, come on up and let's pray real quickly. Yeah. Father, I just thank you this morning for all six of these women. Thank you for the things you've deposited in them and the things that you want to speak through them. God, give us listening ears. Anoint our hearing as well as their speaking for your name's sake. Amen. Good morning, church. Um, so I'm actually pretty excited and encouraged to have this opportunity to speak all of you, speak to all of you at this time in particular. Um, the past couple of years, we've been pretty disconnected, and it's been a major transitional time in my life and in my walk, and this is like a, a chance to let you know those whole two years. So I'm grateful. Um, there's my little guy. Hi, <laughs> love. Um, so I'm going to speak to you a little bit about my journey into parenthood um, and God's overflow through that. So uh, for my husband and I, he's back there, um, 
kids weren't necessarily on the radar for us. Um, neither of us were particularly excited about small children. Uh, <laughs> we didn't see ourselves enjoying time with small children. Um, and I also was never super into the idea of pregnancy or birth. It seemed very strange to me. And um, I didn't necessarily want to avoid it, but I wasn't. You hear of a lot of women growing up who um, deeply desire that experience. And that wasn't at all the case for me. Um, I also found myself getting very excited about alternative ways to, to parent. Hey, babe. You can come up here if you want. It'll be fine. Um, <clears throat> so I was excited about alternative ways to parent. Um, a lot of my heroes kind of in my early adulthood were foster parents. Um, and I was really interested in that, interested in like potentially having transitional situations for teens. Um, and being able to open our home to support young adults who are under-resourced or exploring ideas of like adopting yeah. older yeah. children. Yeah, now we're speaking in the microphone. <laughs> um, so I was looking all kinds of other places that did not involve birthing a child of my own. Um, and I think a few years back, I started to have or feel some personal convictions around um, the theology of like sex and life and our bodies and creation and the role that we have in the creation of life. Um, and I came to recognize that God is the source of life and all creation. He has purposes that are related to sex and our bodies that are beyond our control or understanding. Um, we live in a society where we have a lot of things that give us the illusion that we are in control of the creation of life. We create laws that tell ourselves we're in control of it. Um, we have cultural norms that tell ourselves we're in control of it. There's been massive, amazing medical advances that have given us um, the illusion that this is something that we can control, that we can plan, and that we are in charge of making all the decisions for. And that is just not the case. Um, and I came to understand that it was unhealthy to kid myself into thinking I was in control of it um, and that I got to plan it and that those things would happen the way that I decided. I think we all have a role in um, creating and supporting life and God has given us all different ways that we get to partner in that. Um, but not control over it. And I also like a disclaimer here, I think we're not powerless in that as well. We all have a voice and we have agency in how we like choose to partner with God in the work of creating and sustaining life. Um, so it's not like, like with the exception of Mary, you don't wake up one morning and God is like, I have put, a, put something in your, in your womb um, and you get to deal with it. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I reached a point where I like, was asking myself, who was I to say that we wouldn't have our own children this way? 
Um, and who was I to tell God how, how we would be involved in that work of creating and supporting life? Um, so for us, like, the idea of trying to have a baby was just a grand experiment in letting go of control. And, um, like, give it a try. See what God does with it. And accept what was. And then, like, seek additional guidance based off of, you know, whatever happened. So um, fast forward to pregnancy. Um, my third trimester was the spring of 2020, uh, which I'm so grateful for. It uniquely prepared, I think, us for parenthood. Um, we learned a lot of things that spring, like the rest of the world. Um, some things that include seeing the beautiful things that God brings out of major disruptions. I knew this would be disruptive. I had no idea how much. Um, I also uh, had a massive gift, like working from, working from home and having my life turned upside down um, to prepare my mind and my body and my spirit for childbirth, which is something I, you know, wasn't particularly excited about. Um, and let's see, lessons on embracing sacrifice, specifically related to my professional life. Um, a lot of opportunity to flex that gratitude muscle. Um, and then trusting God, knowing that the grace of God is sufficient and God provides in abundance, even if not expected, or even if not as expected. Um, so I learned in a lot of ways that like God will provide whatever I need for him, um, even though I, you know, am kind of stumbling through it. So, um, so now that he's here, with us and has been hanging out with us for the past almost two years now. What the heck? Um, it's like God's overflow is on hyperdrive in my life. Um, the sheer volume I have love I have for this child just kind of blows my mind. Um, and I have so much trust and confidence in all the unknowns of parenting. Um, the decisions that we need to make, uh, our capacity to provide uh, for what Ron needs and uh, being able to accept measures of grace in that. I have so much confidence and trust, um, first and foremost in God, and then by extension in myself, in my partner, and in my kid. So that's been great. Also, joy. Um, like I said before, neither of us were excited about small children, especially toddlers. Terrifying. Um, but you're going to go downstairs? Go ahead. <laughs> Are you going to go downstairs, love? Okay, we'll go soon. Um, uh, joy. Um, this guy brings me so much joy. Um, every day, it's not an exaggeration, every day I have moments where I think, like, this has to be the best time of our lives. Um, and I, like, hold intention, like, the two thoughts that, like, oh, my gosh, this can't possibly get any better, um, alongside of I know it will as he continues to grow. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I shouldn't have been so afraid of toddlers. I'm really into sixth graders, um, and I've come to learn that they're kind of the same. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah. Um, that's pretty much the extent of my notes. So 
I think I pass the mic to Sylvia next. Yeah, okay. Hallelujah. I want to celebrate the women of this house, the mothers, those who are biological or spiritual, because God has given us a womb to birth. Hallelujah. To birth life. We are life birthers. Hallelujah. So can our fathers and the sons of the house put their hands together for the mothers. And the women of this house, the wise women that God has established in this house, can we celebrate them this morning? Can we honor them this morning? Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I'm excited about Mother's Days because the law is wise. He created them in the lies. And he has put everything he had left in them. Hallelujah. And we are women. We are helpers. And we have one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. Amen. And God called us to be helpers. Amen. Whether we like it or not. But it's a place of power if you understand it. It's a place of power and wisdom. Amen? I'm going to talk a little bit about Mary this morning. Because God has used her position to teach me what a woman is. Martha was complaining about her sister. Master, can't you tell my sister to help me with the house chores? But the Lord said, Martha, 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 come on. You worry about many things and you are troubled about them. But Mary has chosen one thing that is needed. Amen? And nothing can take it away from her. She sat at the feet of Jesus. And I pray this morning that the women of this house, the mothers of this house, will learn how to sit at the feet of Jesus. Amen? Because when we sit and receive word from his mouth, these words are words of life. Hallelujah. Then we are loaded with that life. And when we come out, it just overflow out of us to our household, and to everybody he put in our path. And we release what life, we nurture life, we grow life, and we release life into destiny. We are there to help the fathers, amen, to do so, to bring balance to the equation so that destinies are released, amen. And I'm here to call for the women that have understood their purpose on the earth. To call forth destiny out of their children. To call forth destinies out of the children of the church. To call forth destiny 
out of the children that God had put into your path. God has that purpose in you, that seed is in you. You have to sit at his feet so that it grows, hallelujah, and be released. The society is in need of those women, and we are calling them forth this morning. Amen? By the power of the Holy Spirit, the church is needs of mothers that nurtured young uh, women, young mothers, of becoming the people God called them to be. Amen? So my heart this morning is to show you when we sit at the feet of Jesus. I still have three minutes. <laughs> We find his presence. Amen? In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. The joy that we need to go in on this journey and to endure and to overcome. We find that joy in his presence. In the presence of the Lord at his feet. That's where we find that joy. That overflowing joy. That life that just flow, that just, that just come out, that just ooze out of you. Wherever you go, it's oozing to repel and expel death that the society has brought upon us. Amen? We find that presence and we just go with it. When you sit at his feet, he said, oh, don't go. And when it's time that you have to go and, and do what you have to do, the Lord will go with you. It will just go with you. People will see you and they'll start crying. People will see you, they start repenting. Because you have come with the Lord. Amen. When you sit at his feet, you find purpose. You find the reason why you are here. Hallelujah. You just don't, don't sit and, uh, and uh, entertain a pity party. Oh, he did this to me. No, I find purpose. And I'm pursuing it. Hallelujah. To declare his name. Through this world that Jesus saved, Jesus heals, Jesus has come and has saved us, translated us from uh, darkness into light. Amen? That's who he is. You find purpose and you find power to fulfill that purpose. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power to be my witnesses. At his feet, you become a witness because you will experience the real thing. He will show you what he went through. He will show you his suffering. He will show you his death. He will show you your, his resurrection power. And you come out with the power to do his will, to fulfill that purpose. Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, learn to see that the feet of Jesus is calling you. Come unto me, all you that labor and have heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's a place of rest. It's a place of presence. It's a place of power and purpose. Hallelujah. My time is up. <laughs> Blessed be his name forevermore. In Jesus' name, Naomi Remen, woman of God, God bless you. Amen. Sylvia, that was amazing. Can I stand down here? Amen. Well, church, I'm going to take things 
180 degrees in a different direction. Okay? All right. I've never been married, and I've never had kids. Hallelujah. <laughs> I slept through the night. No. <laughs> Yet God has given me the incredible opportunity to nurture people like a, a spiritual mother. Okay? First, this was with uh, a part of a Latino ministry in another church, and then the Himalayan Christian Fellowship in, in this body. So I'm going to tell you a few stories from that, okay? I was actually mem memorizing Isaiah 54.1, which says, Shout for joy, O barren one, you who have borne no child. Break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud, you who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman. And I kid you not, I kid you not, I was memorizing, I was in the process of memorizing that when one of our caseworkers at the resettlement agency where I worked came upstairs and said to me, we just picked up a Bhutanese family from the airport and they're asking for a Pentecostal church. Do you know of one? That Sunday, when we walked into church, an elder said, Warren, I think it was you, if you want to start a church, if they want to start a church, we will help them. And they did. And it became the Himalayan Christian Fellowship. Now, let me tell you that not every church is like this one, okay? Not every church is willing to take people in that are not like themselves. I experienced the overflow of God in watching babies be born. A church be born and grow. I could see the tender care of a God who knows me, knows me intimately, and prepared me for the, the role of being a bridge in the birth of this church. There was finding Pastor Kishore, visiting homes for evangelism, finding apartments and schools for the kids, praying together, by the way, all at one time, okay? I had to get used to that. And the food, oh my, the food, okay? I experienced a God who connected me to a body, to a body. You see, we need the whole body. We needed the whole body to be involved. An example of this is with transporta transportation, especially at the beginning, on Sunday morning, with faithful drivers. Many of you were involved. I can see you, okay? With faithful drivers running routes in cars and vans. Many of you were faithful and, and did, did the job, okay? I experienced a God who works through my mistakes and imperfections, who is far, far ahead of us to use them for good. I took a friend of mine named Sonia down to INS in Bloomington to ask some questions about her immigration status. 
And I walked her right into the arms of deportation. It was horrible. They came and took her away and locked her up. I got to see her through a glass window and she was crying and I was crying. She would call me from jail and we would pray Psalm 68 together. And they deported her to El Salvador and I went down to see her. You see, she left, she left behind two children and a husband here in the US, but God knew she had two more children in El Salvador. So when she came back, she brought them with her. And now her family is complete. It was a horrible mistake that God used for good. By the way, she's now here and miraculously has been approved for a U visa. She's legal, don't worry. Okay, anyhow. I've had a wonderful, wonderful, purposeful life, and I've been single, and, and it's been great. And I've experienced the overabundant overflow of God. Hallelujah. Good morning, friends and family. Many I have been with for many years and many I'm still learning faces and names. Um, I'm Christine and my husband is the long-haired silver man who is the greeter at the front of the church. Most of you probably know more of him than you know of me. I'm the shyer one. Um, I also have a 22-year-old who came to us at two and a half years from um, Slovakia, from an orphanage and he's a blessing for us, and also part of my story. Um, we are, uh, my husband and I are self-employed, and we own a fitness consulting firm that we've had for about 30 years now. So my, um, my children during the week are about 24 per week that I see and I have grown with. My um, longest time client is 32 years, and together and he's um, going to be 80, no, he's going to be 89 this year and we still meet once a week. Um, I'm blessed through my work, which was not there at first, but as I have grown through Christ, I am blessed through my work now that I can let God work through me, whether Christian or non-Christian or Jewish, and, um, you know, be there for them, um, especially during these past couple of years. They have um, been more, uh, I guess, more wanting someone to come and listen. And someone, sometimes I'm the only one coming into the house. <laughs> and mask and mask, and here we are after they haven't seen anybody, or sometimes they are um, having family issues and I am the one that they can talk to. It's been a trusting relationship for most of my clients. It is also um, challenging in the sense, as you can believe, that it's also draining and exhausting and so um, that's my work life. Um, my scripture that I've been reflecting on the last few months has been Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. 
You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I've known about the path of life, and I felt like I've been on God's path. Uh, a few years ago, I, I think it was Jim who had us put a little word on a card and put it up to the front, and mine was joy. And I was trying to understand that word. I was trying to understand how that fit in my life. And I knew it wasn't earthly joy. I knew it wasn't worldly joy. But where is that joy? Um, so that's been my journey. Um, I, don't, I know that joy is from the Spirit, and I know that joy is a gift from the Spirit, that that's a relationship that we in the Spirit receive through Christ, through our Heavenly Father. That is something I have been um, also focusing on, and Paul has said in Romans 6, 6, that it is our old self that is crucified. And so every day, as I enter my busy day, I focus in on what can I crucify, what can I give you, what can I give up, so that you can work through me through each of my day. Um, to be honest, I used to live in fear and anxiety about my future, and um, I had a miracle happen a few years ago. I happened to be at the Pilgrim Center weekend, where I brought a whole load of burden in raising a child that has um, a very bad case of developmental trauma disorder, and I was carrying the bitterness load and the, the fear load and that weekend freed me of that. Thank you, Father. Um, so that's another way that God showed up and continues to show up. Um, that brings me to, which we all seem to be loving, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all of you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. And that, that is a passage that I reflect on regularly, and I hope you all do as well. So where has God been working? Holy Spirit is showing up. Thank you, Lord. Um, the freedom of that is that I can kind of breeze through life a little bit lighter. And when there's that heaviness, which comes from exhaustion, then I know that I need to come to the feet of Jesus. And I need to take time to pray. Um, I don't know a lot about what's going on in the world. I don't even really watch the news. I don't have time. But God has led me to say, that's okay. You don't have to know that. You can come and pray with me, which I do on many of my evenings. So I thank you, church, for supporting me and coming around me. I thank the Heavenly Father for supporting me. I thank my mom, who I am also caretaking, along with my father right now, along with my family. So um, I've just been brought to take care of everybody. And I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I have to ask the Lord to do it through me. I have to step out of my way. Sometimes I get in the way because that's who I am. I was raised as a very strong female uh, from, um, I'm first generation American. My parents are European and they both survived World War II, father in a labor camp. So I have that human strength, which hasn't helped me much. So God is using <laughs> that spiritual strength now to change me, soften my heart, and help me to become more of who he is for you all. Thank you, and happy Mother's Day for those mothers and those spiritual mothers and for us adoptive mothers. Morning. 
Um, I'm going to talk about uh, seeing God's overflow through teaching, since I'm a teacher. Um, if you've ever been around teachers before, you will notice that most of us refer to the kids that we have in our classrooms as my kids. Uh, we take on other people's kids as our own, but ultimately they are the Lord's because God made them in his image. Um, I consider it a divine and holy responsibility because we are influencing the development of another person. Um, the number one thing that I can do is pray, which I think all mothers do. They're prayer warriors. Um, as God knows each of us intimately, I can have insight into each student, see their potential and speak into it, encourage, guide, call out, and speak life over them. There's a sense of safety, trust, and belonging, usually before deeper conversations can happen. Um, and it's in that place that something opens up um, in the overflow of God's presence and care. And before you know it, you're listening to their fears, their dreams, their hopes, their questions. Um, I've noticed that giving kids the gift of my time and individual attention really helps with this rather than being so focused on the lesson and what I need to get done and the pressures of being in a school. <laughs> um, within the last month, I've had two students ask me, what is the purpose of life? And is heaven real? I'm still working on that. <laughs> but they're in third grade, so they're asking pretty deep questions for being that young. Um, there's a freedom to make mistakes and to allow choice. Um, in our tutoring expectations, we say mistakes are an opportunity to practice. Um, I currently have a second grader who bursts out laughing when she makes mistakes or makes up words when she can't read. Um, there's an atmosphere of joy and fun. And I thought about myself, and I'm usually so serious when I make mistakes. I was like, when is the last time that I actually laughed at my own mistakes? <laughs> so um, when God is around, there's that overflow of joy and fun. And I'm working on myself to have a little bit more fun. <laughs> um, with God, there's also an overflow of grace. God is patient, gentle, and loving even when we make mistakes. There is a little bit of nudging um, when it's for our own good. And there is a sense of pride and delight when students make good choices, like set their own goals without any prompting because it's a sign they are growing. I am also called to love kids that may not have the most desirable behaviors and may be exhausting um, to deal with. But it's the Lord that pours in strength, love, and passion to keep going. And he gives the insight needed to find solutions. And I discovered that when I allow them to be involved in their own learning and um, share power, if you will, um, it's more effective than just telling them what to do. So it could be as simple as, what will help you focus right now? Um, and as long as it's reasonable, I'll make the adjustments. <laughs> sometimes it's not reasonable. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'm called to stand up and be a voice and take risks to advocate for a child. I could be advocating in an office with administrators or advocating in the place of intercession. Um, the images I think of in this case 
um, related to God are of a mama bear or a lioness. A mama bear or lioness defends, stands up, and protects their young much like God does. He does not quit on his kids. As a matter of fact, scripture says that even if our own mother forgets, God will not. God receives us. Um, I've also received God's love through the kids, whether it's a hug, a hello, pat on the back, or sitting and chatting with me. I've had kids literally take up most of the tutoring time just chatting away. <laughs> but it's a joy. Um, and it's an overflow that God gives for me to minister the kids, but also they give back to me. I don't want to forget that part. Um, and I've gotten to pour my life also into and, into and see God's work in students from many nations and hear many different perspectives. And my hope, because I've really felt like these are leaders and they're going to be leaders in their countries. And I just, I'm hoping and I'm praying that God has, with those seeds, the overflow will go wherever they have returned to. And I know that if I ever visit their country, I can say, hey, can I stay with you? And they'll probably open their home to me. Um, so I just, I just really appreciate how God has just kind of loosened me up <laughs> and has been teaching me, especially in the last year, um, all of the things that I've said today. And it's his, the overflow of his presence that um, things happen and move along. And it's his love for kids and his passion for kids that um, allow me to keep going and take a stand for him when I need to. Marty, I didn't think it was dangerous for you to get me last. <laughs> but I tell you what, I am so excited today in thinking about all the women that have impacted my life. They may not be here today, but I, I want us to take a moment out. Let's all stand up and praise God for our grandmothers, our mothers who aren't here, or those women that have impacted your life and raising your children. And come on, let's give God some glory. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift you up. We thank you, God, for your goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us to be mothers, God. And we're so proud about it. Hallelujah, God. We give you glory and honor today. Hallelujah. God is so good. Oh, my God, he's so good. Praise God. You may have your seats. I just want to continue on at this thinking, God, for all the dynamic women in my life that had set the bar so high for me, my grandmothers. And I think about my grandmothers is one particular one that I was really upset with God because when she passed away, I wasn't able to afford to go to her funeral in California. And I was just griping and I was sitting on my porch, mad at God. And all of a sudden I see this elderly woman across the street. She was having trouble picking up a bag in her car. And the Lord spoke to my heart. 
And he says, there's your grandmother. He said, go in the hospital. There's your grandmother. Go in the high rise. That's your grandmother. Go in the grocery store. There's your grandmother. And so immediately I, 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 I ran over to her and helped her. I introduced myself as a neighbor and helped her and got in her house. And she looked at me and she says, well, well thank you. And, and she said, you know, I didn't think people cared anymore nowadays. Well, then that was a little while ago, but then she said, thank you again. And so I asked her, does she need anything? And she said, by the way, I do. She says, would you take me to, to go get my cataract operation? And I said, absolutely. So I took her, turned around, fed her dinner, brought dinner over to her for the whole two weeks and just, you know, just nourished her. And she looked at me one day. She said, I am so grateful that I met you and my neighbor. She says, I was thinking about committing suicide because I didn't think nobody cared. So that's why I praise God. I praise God, Sylvia, well, she's teaching the kids right now, but she stirred me up right now. <laughs> that woman, all the women, let's clap for all those that have gone before me. When I thought about motherhood, I thought about the definition. And when I start studying about the definition of a mother and I looked up the word nurture, everything that I'm about is in the definition. Praise God. A mother's role encompasses her divine identity and it describes her nature as a nurturer. Motherhood, by which I mean rearing children and raising up spiritual children, disciples, is by no means an idol that we serve, but rather an intentional gift that God has strategically designed and given us so that we might see his glory and make him shine. Praise God. You know, motherhood is the work of his hands. The word nurture is to provide love and, and, and influence. And influence on what? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone. To nurture is to care for, support, educate, to protect, cultivate, and to teach and encourage. Boy, if that's not my DNA. I have walked that all my life being a mother and working with homeless women and families. When we walk in the power of nurturing, then we will then we can walk in significance, in value, in purpose, and worth, allowing ourselves to be conduits where God's spirit leads us. And his spirit will flow and impact. And you will be amazed at the results that you see. 
Christ, praise God, that you'll see in the lives of others. Praise God. I can share many testimonies to that fact. But we see in God's word that speaking about a woman's purpose and intention absolutely cannot be described apart from talking about God's image, the gospel, discipleship, and how Jesus Christ is restoring us. You see, through the gospel, we see that filling the earth is something that extends to bearing fruit that will last through discipleship. A privilege and responsibility that every Christian woman gets to enjoy. And I've experienced that yesterday. Praise God, I got to tell you one more story. Being with three of my daughters and 17 of my nieces had gotten together and planned a fabulous brunch for the six women, counting myself, in our family. Honoring us and made a covenant to keep the legacy going with their families of all the things that they had been taught and the wisdom and knowledge gained in their lives from our example to them. I'm sharing this because I was overjoyed in my heart of the fact of making a difference in their lives. Our family is our first missionary field. We have an obligation and a responsibility to train them in the ways of the Lord. Our children are our legacy, our inheritance. And let's keep praying for them. Let's value them. Let's take time to be with them. Love them unconditionally. Forgive yourself so you can forgive them. Serve them and encourage them. The generations that are coming up need us to take our rightful places to nourish them to, and to nurture them. It is only through the clear glass of the gospel that we can see ourselves in the big picture of God's story. Whosoever God assigned you to, Nurture and nurture well. Women who nurture, love, influence, care, support, educate, and encourage. They influence other lives for the good. Every sister who stands for truth and righteousness diminishes the influence of evil. Every sister who strengthens and protects her family is doing the work of the Lord. Every sister who lives as a woman of God becomes a beacon for others to follow and plant seeds of righteousness. They're, they're an influence and their influence that will be harvested for decades to come. And every sister who makes and keeps sacred covenants becomes an instrument in the hands of God. So God is our biggest helper. And reverence for God serves as a foundation upon which your significance as a kingdom woman will flourish. And I'm going to conclude with this. I think I got a couple more minutes. Just like Eve, we have a choice. Women of God, we have a choice. We can choose to believe what God's word says about who we are. And who he created us to be. 
Or we can entertain the lies planted by the enemy of our souls and, culti and cultivated by the culture that we live in. But Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So I choose to continue to pursue to be the woman that God has created me to be. Not the woman whom I think I want to be or the woman the world tells me that I should be. Why? Because it brings me great joy just to think of the detailed design and intricate effort that God put forth when making me. So I am absolutely so glad that I don't have to aspire to be anyone else other than that woman that God wants me to be. We don't have to apologize for the strength, for, for the fortitude, courage, talent, beauty, or intellect. Right? All of that with which our creator has given us. Ladies, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. You know, I'm going to read that one more time, just in case somebody didn't hear it. Praise God. Ladies, we are all God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Look at somebody, look at another woman and say, God has created me to do good works. <laughs> Tell yourself that. God has created me to do good works. You believe that? Do you believe that? Can I get an amen or something? Praise God. Praise God. So mighty woman of God, God has designed a plan and purpose just for you. We are not just fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalms 139.14, but we are created. We are created. I'm going to say that one more time. I feel sort of good saying that. We are created. Praise God. We're created in the image of a radiant, magnificent God who is full of beauty and splendor. Happy Mother's Day. all of you that spoke. I think we were richly blessed this morning. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right. Um, I would like to, as the worship team comes forward, I would like to pray for us and then also say the altar is going to be open here. If things were stirred within you, for many of the speakers, or things that were just stirring in you this morning when you got up and thought, oh, it's Mother's Day. Um, I'd encourage you to come up and pray with somebody. I'll ask the elders, and if the women who spoke would also come forward to pray, I would appreciate that. I know I didn't ask you ahead of time. I'm sorry, but you'll do it, right? <laughs> okay.
So let's pray together as the worship team comes up. Father, you have just gifted this body with so much, with such riches. And I thank you, Lord, for all the encouragement that we received this morning for what you have done and are doing and will do in the women in your house. Lord, as we go from this place today, we ask for your divine wisdom to fill us further, to help us experience more of the love and the nurture that you have planted within us, and help us to overflow with that to this very weary world. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you didn't see more of who God is in those women who are up here, I don't know where you were looking. That was amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, each of you, for, for bringing the image of God to us. I want to say one thing. Sometimes we honor women so much that sometimes it can feel like, oh, I wish I was that mother that everybody wants me to be, but I'm not quite. I wish I had that mother. Can, can I speak a word of grace over you as well? Because I, one of the great things about my mom, I talked to her just a couple years ago about some ways where she... I, I received at least a distorted image of the God. And she said, you know, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And that was good. None of us are the perfect image of God. But wow, do we have some mothers in the house. Um, in their classrooms, in their physical training, and in their homes. And we want to praise God for each one of you. And so that was just the beginning of the story. Be sure to follow up with them and hear the whole story and a lot of others out here. So let's just pray. Lord, thank you for the mothers in our house. Thank you for displaying yourself, your image, your character, your nurture, everything through these women to us daily. Would you help us to reflect your image, to see you better? Amen. Amen. So now, in the name of Yahweh, Father, Mother, Jesus, Holy Spirit, our helper, go and display his image this week. Amen. Amen. Blessed be.